Welcome. I am Aaron Giesbrecht, head QB trainer and owner of Big Air Academy, located in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And you are tuned in to my podcast called Talking QBs with Coach Gies, a podcast dedicated to the Canadian quarterback and offensive football. And today on our seventh episode, we have pro quarterback from the Toronto Argonauts, Michael O'Connor. How's it going, Mike? How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Thanks. How are you? Excellent. Thanks. Thanks for being on. I really appreciate it. No problem. So, Mike, in 2019, you were drafted by the Toronto Argonauts. Um, I'm really interested in, you know, you went through training camp. You went through the preseason. Um, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks on the roster at that point. You you make the active roster. When it was your first true CFL game, regular season game, I'm really interested to, what were the emotions like, the feelings like to dress for that game? It was amazing. I mean, playing football professionally, something I wanted to do since I was a little kid and being able to, to put the pads on and go out there. It was, it was awesome. And, and getting on the field as well. So it was just all around a great experience, you know, and something that definitely I'll always remember, you know what I mean? But, but going forward now we're looking to take the next step, but, but great experience, you know, very, very grateful uh, for the opportunity. And, um, and, you know, I'm looking forward to what the future holds. In, in terms of what that felt like being a Canadian, did it feel different to you that you're a Canadian kid and you're playing in the CFL as a Canadian quarterback? Does that mean more to you? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, definitely growing up in Canada, I've, I've, been, a, I've been a fan of the CFL since I, uh, since I was a little kid. I always followed the CFL. So in that sense, you know, it's kind of it's kind of cool. You know, I think a lot of Americans kind of don't really have much idea of the CFL. Right. But but growing up in Canada, I I really understood the mission, the fan base, just the the culture around it. And I was just very excited to be a part of that. And and especially as a quarterback, you know, knowing the the possibility and the opportunity that 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 being a Canadian quarterback can, can bring. But at the end of the day, I was just looking forward and still I'm looking forward to being able to do what I love to do and, and, um, you know, and, and look to just get better every day and, and just go out there and have fun because at the end of the day, playing football is fun and, and something I enjoy doing. So, you know, I don't want to lose sight of that. You know, I'm playing a, a game at the end of the day. So just go out there and have fun. That's a fantastic attitude to have. Now, you know, kind of talking about being the Canadian quarterback, obviously there's not a lot of current Canadian quarterbacks. Um, in the CFL, and and you being one, do you feel like there's a stigma against Canadian quarterbacks? Like I don't really know. I can't speak to that because I can just attest to my story and and, and what I've been through. And and I've been I've been I've been given an opportunity to play in the CFL and even get some reps and and hopefully get more going forward. Right. So I, I'm very grateful. And and I think that you're starting to see a lot more um, Canadian quarterbacks coming out of the American system and getting more uh, some some improved coaching from 10, 20 years ago. Right. So I think that we'll start to see more Canadian quarterbacks emerge um, in the next couple of years and, and, and we'll continue to build that trend. Of, and, and even looking at what B Bridge did there in, um, mm-hmm. in uh, Saskatchewan, right? right? So I think that, that um, you know, we're in a good spot and, and it's only going to, uh, it's only going to grow from here. I like that. How about in terms of learning the new playbook? You know, you're you were playing uh, in U Sports, and then you get into the CFL, and you're in a pro a pro offense, learning a pro playbook. What was that adjustment like for you? Oh, it's definitely a, 
a, lo- a lot more wordy and uh, a bigger playbook. But nothing, nothing too crazy. I mean, the way I the way I describe it is, uh, learning a playbook is kind of like learning a language. And the more that you speak it, the more that it becomes second nature. So I I definitely spent a lot of time throughout the whole season um, of staying in the playbook because I wanted to I wanted to know the game plan better than the coach. Like that was my that was my mindset going into the into the uh, into the practice week. You know, we get our we get our call sheet on, I think, uh, Monday, maybe even Sunday night. We get it emailed to us or Monday morning, you know, and I wanted to have that whole thing down pat uh, by game time. You know, towards the end of the season, I was, I was, uh, you know, I was going through every single play, you know, kind of had my first and 10 list, my second and long, second and medium, second and short. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my favorite plays, if it's third and five, third and eight, what are we calling? You know, boom, I, I have my top three plays. Uh, red zone, what do I like? You know, and then I give that to Coach uh, Coach Abdelaine, and, and and so he kind of can see see my thought process. But you know, that was a that whole experience. It just it's like like I say, it's learning a language. The more the more time you spend in it, the more the more you immerse yourself in it, the more it becomes second nature. And I think that's the ultimate goal as a quarterback, right? Is to be able to. It's something I heard Matt Ryan say actually that I really loved. He said he studies his butt off uh, during the week, but come game time, he goes on autopilot. And I kind of really, I really, after this, after my first year in the CFL, I kind of really understood what he meant because you want to make, you want to know the game plan, like the back of your hand, but, but at the same time, and this is what I learned, I would say getting onto the field and what I'll take moving forward is mm-hmm. once you get onto the field, you kind of have to, I don't want to say it like this, but, I, but I will, you kind of have to throw that out the window and just play football, if that makes sense. Yeah, so being able to. I know that's kind of a long answer, but but I think there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, and I agree with you. That does make a lot of sense. I think we do need to, uh, you know, when we're putting in all the all the real hard work during the week, when you're doing your game prep and preparing for the opponent, you know, you're you're like you said, you're immersing yourself in all that data and, and learning what the what your opponent does, knowing what you're gonna do. But when the game is on, when it's time to play. You can't have all those worries. Like you, those kind of things need to be almost cemented in your mind, so that you can just go ahead and, and react and play, right? Even look at something that's been fascinating to me, and we're kind of seeing this in real time over the past. I wouldn't even say three. I'd say the past two years, mm-hmm. maybe three years. But but if you look at the NFL, you know where's the where where's the quarterback play headed towards? And you know, I think five years ago, you know, you have a lot of coaches maybe saying this is how the position is played this is how things are done boom 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 and Mm -hmm. and which which i still you know i i agree with that but i think what we're starting to see is the evolution of the position in the sense of bringing more so backyard ball i don't want to i don't know i don't want to down degrade what it is but but bringing more of a free-flowing loose sort of definitely having fun but more so just playing loose like you're in the backyard yeah all with your friends right you were kind of seeing more of that emerge in today's game and i think that ultimately when you combine the two that's when you're set up for success is is when you're prepared to you know go in with the game plan know exactly where you're going versus coverage yada 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 but at the same time hey the play breaks down let me just freestyle and, and make something happen right i think that's where you see the best players really excel at is 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 in both uh both fields yeah that's a great point you you have to be able to play you know within your system but you also have to be able to play off script and and like you say almost like schoolyard backyard ball um 
towards the end of your season there, you were able to get on the field and get some live reps. What was the feeling like going into that? What were your nerves like, Mike? I was definitely nervous before the first game that I played in. So I played in I played in the last two games okay. uh, the season in the second half of each game. So so going into the first game, I was I was very nervous, and um, but. But I, I mean, once you once you get in there, it's just football at the end of the day, right? right. But uh, I, I remember I threw my first touchdown pass that first game, and I just got really excited. But then I kind of lost my uh, even keel. You know, as quarterbacks, we yeah. got to keep the even keel, right? Right. But then I threw the touchdown, and I got super excited, and I wasn't able to get back to uh, back to 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 even. So so going into the second game, I kind of was. I was more even kill, I think is the best way to describe it. I mm-hmm. was more just, you know, okay, I'm going to go out here. This is what I have to do. And I think it went a lot. It went a little more smooth the second time around, right? Right. And after that, the season was over and I was, I, I felt like I was just getting started. And it, and it was really sad for me, but the experience was awesome. And, you know, the more you play, the more you kind of, the more you want to play more, if that makes sense, because yeah. you just get the taste in your mouth and, and you see the possibility and, and what, what, uh, where you can take things and then it's taken away in a sense. Right. So, mm-hmm. so I'm just looking forward to the, uh, the next time I can get out there and, and do my thing. Yeah. And I think that's a great mindset to have. That's really exciting that you were able to get on the field and get those live reps able to kind of learn, like you said, I, I, le- I really like your point about staying even keel and kind of learning from that first experience of maybe getting a little outside yourself and, you know, being self-aware to make that adjustment. I think that's, that's excellent. Back at it with Coach Gies and Michael O'Connor for the second quarter. So Mike, what I really like about having this podcast and now having a few episodes in and it is really the, just the uh, the opportunity to tell our football stories. And uh, I'm really interested in, in hearing your story from the time you started playing ball to where you're at right now. Yeah, I've been playing football since I was seven, so I've been always involved with the game somehow, and it's been great. So I started playing community ball in, in Orleans, Ottawa. Is that where you're from? That's right. I'm from Ottawa. That's, okay. That's correct. Yeah, so I, I started playing community football in Orleans at age seven. Then I went on to play uh, two years of high school ball in Ottawa at Ashbury. And then I was fortunate enough to be able to go down to Chattanooga, Tennessee for my junior year of high school and play at the Baylor School in Chattanooga. Wow. And that was a great experience. I think the first game down there was, it was um, in front of like 5,000 or 6,000 fans or something. Holy you know, I'll just uh, just being a kid playing in local uh, football in Ottawa, going down there and seeing the the uh, the culture down there. It was it was great. Um, yeah, that was a great experience. You know, and just being able to travel the world in a sense too at such mm-hmm. a young age was very kind of cool for me. And being able to experience living in the South, right? Yeah. Not many Canadians get to say that, so I'm very mm-hmm. grateful for that experience. And then I was able to, from there, then the opportunity came up. You know, I was getting, doing some QB training at IMG that, that uh, off season. Okay. And uh, Chris Wanky was a QB coach at IMG at the time. And he said they were starting a football team down at IMG. Okay. And asked if I could be the, be the quarterback. So 
I thought that was a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made the jump there from Tennessee to Florida and played my senior year at IMG. Wow. The first football team there at IMG. Okay. So that's kind of cool being part of the, you know, kind of like the uh, beginning. Yeah, the inaugural something. team. Yeah. So that was that was fun. And then and then from there, I had a couple offers coming out from, from some big D1 schools and end up choosing Penn State. And that was a great experience, too. You know, it didn't work out for me there, but learned a lot. And again, just the, uh, you know, the amount of support, you know, the love of football and just the experience was great. Something that I'll always remember, right? Playing in front of 100,000 fans, the whiteout game versus Ohio State. That's crazy. Took the time. Just crazy, right? Just yeah. being, being a part of that. You know, something I'll always remember. So that was a great experience. And then from there, I ended up going to UBC in right. Vancouver. Played there for four years. And uh, was fortunate enough to win the Vanier Cup my first year there. Right. And, um, you know, we had a great team. And it was a, it was a crazy run. And, um, yeah, there's, there's special. It's winning a championship, right? It's yeah. ultimate goal every year, right? So being able to achieve that was pretty special. Unfortunately... Never made it back, uh, back to the Vanier Cup, uh, you know. But that's that's the way it goes sometimes, mm-hmm. right? And uh, then now I'm playing with Argo, so I've had I've had just a great great journey. Like I say, I'm very very blessed to have been able to play at all these places. You know, just being a, a kid from Canada, right, and having that experience, I've been I've been very fortunate to have great support from my parents, who allowed me to go down to those schools and. And my trainer, Coach Vic, Vic Tadondo, he runs G-Squad in Ottawa. He was okay. my mentor, and without him, none of this would even be possible. So, you know, I, I've, I've had a lot of um, a lot of positive influence in my life, and uh, and it's kind of gotten me to where I am, so I'm very mm-hmm. thankful. Well, that's outstanding to, uh, to give thanks to, you know, the people that mean the most to you and helped you along the way. You do have exactly. an incredible story for a Canadian kid. The, the places you've gone, the things that you've done, where you're at right now. Um, you know, kind of rewinding back to when you were at IMG, you know, I'm kind of interested in, uh, you know, were there, were there any uh, real big-name players that you played with on that team that went on and did anything, you know, significant in NCAA? I, I know that that school is loaded with, you know, D1 talent, so. Yeah, it wasn't quite like it is now uh, being in the first year, but right. it was still, there was still a lot of, a lot of great players. The one that stick out to me, I would say, is Bo Scarborough, okay. running back for Alabama. Yeah. And then in the NFL now, he was a running back. Um, you know, so that was pretty, you know, just throw him a little screen pass there, throw him a little hitch, and then he just runs 40 yards. Yeah. Like, oh, that guy's going to be a beast. And uh, sure enough, yeah, he did, he did his thing in Alabama, and now he's playing in the NFL. So that uh, was crazy. Do you feel like that opportunity to, to play at IMG opened your eyes to, you know, Division One football? Well, I was I was definitely um, I had actually gotten my first Division One offers before I ever went to school in the states. So okay. that's where um, I'd say Coach Vic uh, really helped mentor me and kind of showed me the path because he was taking some of his um, you know he works he works a full time job but he was taking some of his his holiday time off and he would pack seven eight kids in, in a rental van and we'd go oh, wow. drive eight hours across the border you know, go to camps in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, 
you know, and we're just hitting the camp circuit. And I was I was fortunate enough again, living in Ottawa. You know, I mean, because I I was I've been living in Vancouver, you know, and it's not so easy to cross the border and be be ten hours ten hour drive away from ten twelve different big college programs, right? Mm-hmm. So Ottawa's Ottawa and and Southern Ontario in general, I think we're very fortunate to be able to do so. But anyway, so yeah, we were just hitting the camp circuit in the off season, and and that's kind of how I how how uh, I kind of got familiar with the uh, Division One schools. You know, um, how about you know deciding to go to Penn State? You said you had some other offers. What was it about Penn State that made you choose there? It it's hard to explain now, but mm-hmm. it just was a different feeling going on a visit there. Something just felt it just felt like home, honestly. To be to be quite quite honest with you, but okay. Also, Coach O'Brien too. You know that was a big factor for me as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Coach O'Brien was a head coach, and right. you know he was known for working in New England with uh, with Brady there, and he had a good pro style offense that he was running. Mm-hmm. And you know, I thought that would be great for a uh, great system to play in. And uh, yeah, that was just, that was the thought process there. For the three minute warning. We're going to make NFL predictions for this weekend. So who do you like in that first game, Buffalo or Kansas City? That's a tough one. I'm going to take uh, Buffalo. I think, um, I don't know. I don't know how Mahomes will be, honestly, health-wise. And I think that is a concern. Um, And I think Buffalo, they're just playing, I don't know. I think they're playing really well right now. And and there's stuff special and, and I'm a Dolphins fan, actually, so okay. I should really be cheering for the Bills. But <laughs> it's just so good to see, man. The Bills Mafia and the city has gone through so much hardship. I mean, those four Super Bowl losses in a row, followed by the Patriots dynasty, right? Mm-hmm. It's been tough for Buffalo. So I'm cheering for them personally. And I think, you know, and Josh Allen, too, watching Josh Allen play, I always say, like, he's my favorite quarterback to watch now because you never know what you're going to get, but it's definitely going to be something exciting. So they're, uh, you know, they're playing really well, and I think they can pull it off. They're definitely oh, yeah. the hot team right now, right? Like, they've yeah. been rolling for a while, and, and like you said, Josh Allen's been very good. Yeah. How, sec- how about the second game? We got uh, we got Brady versus Rodgers, the Bucks at Green Bay. Who do you like there? That one is tough in the sense of Tampa Bay. I think they blew out the Packers earlier this season. Yeah, they did. I think it was 30-something. 30, 30 I, I can't remember the exact score, but it was blah. And then you also got, you know, Tom Brady, right? Look, I mean, you don't want to bet against him ever, okay. I think. But with that being said, I have to take Green Bay because they're just – they're very they're, – they're, they play very um, smart football. They don't turn the ball over. Um, Aaron Rodgers has been having a great season, Yeah, you know. And I think um, I think the cold weather will affect the Bucks because they're from from Tampa Bay, right, Florida. True. So I, I think that the cold weather, and that's what I was going to say earlier. I don't think that the cold weather will affect the Bills because they play in Buffalo, right? So I right. don't think that that sense of cold weather will will have much impact in the AFC game. But I think in the NFC, I don't know if the Tampa boys not that not to say they're all from Tampa Bay or whatnot, right? right? But I think that that will that will definitely have an impact on Tampa Bay. And I think so. The home field advantage is leaning heavily in favor of Green Bay. I like both those picks. Uh, so, if you've got Buffalo at Green Bay for your Super Bowl, who are you picking as the winner? I gotta go Green Bay. 
I, I got it too. Yeah, I can bet against Rodgers. I think I think Buffalo great bright future, and I I could see them pulling it off. But I just think Green Bay is just everything's going going well for them. You know, their offense, their defense, head coach, um, they're healthy. So I just I think they'll pull it off. Back at it for the third quarter with Coach Gies and Michael O'Connor. So, Mike, I guess it was t- the fall of 2019. I was uh, one afternoon texting with Coach Prepchuk. Uh, he was still at UBC at the time, and we were talking about a player that I had coached at the Winnipeg Rifles that they uh, that UBC was looking at recruiting. So we we're just kind of texting back and forth, and uh, it's kind of later in the afternoon. I'm, I work downtown in Winnipeg, and... Uh, I get I get a phone call I don't know within that same time frame and uh, it's a BC it's a BC number so I pick up the phone thinking it's Coach Prepchuk and uh, on the other line it's Hey Coach how you doing it's it's Blake Nil and I literally dropped my cell phone I was like what, what what just happened so I had to pick up my phone and recalibrate and I was like cool so I ended up talking to Coach Nil and I just it was such a cool experience it was like totally shocking for uh, somebody that I idolized to be giving me a call so. That was a pretty neat experience. Um, in terms of you, you know, you were talking before about making the decision to to transfer back to uh, back to Canada and play for UBC. What kind of went into that decision, and what was it like to to play for Coach Nil? Yeah, there were a lot of factors that went into that decision. I'd say um, first and foremost, the the um, academics at UBC are very very good, so that was important to me that I'd be getting a good education because. You know, I, I do I do realize that, that football will come to an end one day, but, but you know, kind of you'll have your education for, for the rest of your life. So that was important for me. And then also um, Coach Nell was a, was a big factor, right? Seeing his track record and what he had done at previous institutions, you know, so I, I definitely had faith that, that, that we would turn things around there. And then um, being in Vancouver, you know, beautiful city, beautiful place. So having yeah. the chance to go out there, was also attractive to me, and and then just having the chance to uh, win a championship every year and kind of build some build some from the ground up too was pretty cool to me, and just helped to you know kind of turn around a program, and and you know that's 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 a lot of what went into my decision making, and then fighting for Coach No, um, yeah, he's he's just such a fiery fiery um, coach, and you know he really cares about his players, and um, you know I definitely. Very grateful, you know, to um, to work with him and and you know he was he was always great. You know he always let the something I respected is, is he would he would let the uh, offensive coordinator because Coach Nell is more of a defensive guy, right? So right. he'd always kind of let the offensive coordinator handle the offense. You know I think a lot of coaches sometimes try and get too hands on in the sense, um, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. But he was kind of good about that and kind of just let the offense ride. So. But, but, yeah, he's a great guy, great person, you know, really takes care of his players, really cares about them, and, and um, yeah, it was a great time. Yeah, he, he's a phenomenal coach, and, and like you said, he has a great track record. Um, and in terms of Coach Prepchuk, that's somebody that uh, I've been able to link up with in the last year or so. I truly feel like Coach Jay Prepchuk is a mentor to me. He's been great with me. Uh, in fact, us, you know, connecting here is because of Coach Prepchuk. Um I was able to, uh, this summer, he had a camp in Winnipeg, so I was able to go and kind of help him out a little bit and bring some of the guys that I train with out to the camp and just experience his coaching. And 
I just love everything about coaches, personality and, and the coaching as well. But uh, what was it about working with Coach Prepchuk that you really took away? I'd say his uh, he, every day, every day he had a smile on his face. That's some. Um, that's what I'll take yeah. away the most from Coach Prepchuk is his um, his attitude, his attitude and his um, his positive outlook. No matter the circumstance, you know, I'll always remember that. And um, you know, that's important to, to to always keep keep that in, in mind. Keep that in, in mind is is that. We know we're playing a game, and it's, it's supposed to be fun, right? And I mm-hmm. think we can all we can lose sight of that a lot. And 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 uh, he was just great and great positive attitude all the time. And um, that's something that I definitely it's it's the type of uh, you know I'd say positive attitude is infectious, right? So so uh, it kind of it kind of can uh, can ripple ripple out, if you will. So yeah. it's something that I'll I'll always remember. You know, being a coach one day is always to. Um, just you know, try and stay upbeat, stay positive because you know that you have to. That's the way you have to do it. No, I think that's very true, and very true of Coach Prepchuk and just his his overall attitude. So I totally agree with you. Um, on a previous episode, I had uh, McMaster's quarterback Andre Duick on the show, and we were talking about his high school career, and he was fortunate to win. Uh, he won a JV title, then he won a, a varsity title his grade eleven year, and in his grade twelve year, unfortunately, they didn't win. Um, and we were kind of talking about the dynamics of that and, and how that affected him. And he made a comment about just winning a championship that's, you know, I think is really true. He, he made the comment that, you know, the stars sort of need to align for, for things to come together for that, for that championship season to happen. So, you know, going back to your time, that Vanier Cup season, what was it about that season or maybe some of the memories that stick out to you about, about how that season unfolded? It was a wild ride, definitely. I think what uh, uh, I remember our first preseason game, we, we traveled to Laval, okay. and, and I think they had just won the Vanny Cup the previous year. Right. Correct. And uh, but anyways, um, we beat them. We beat them like forty four to twenty or something, and it was like unheard of here because UBC was two and six the previous year, and you okay. know Laval's Laval, right? And, yeah. And then, so we were all on a we were on we were on a high and, and really. You know, we were we thought we were invincible at that point, and then but the following week, you know, we were in for a harsh reality check. We traveled to Calgary, and then mm-hmm. we got blown out by Calgary. Okay. Right. So like, so I think I think that dynamic actually was good for us because you know we were able to see what 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 we could be in terms of being Laval, but then we were also able to see oh wait we haven't done anything yet actually, you know what I mean back to back weeks. So that gave us. Because you don't want to be, be you don't want to beat Laval and then go on to win your next five games, because then you might get too high, or mm-hmm. and you don't want to just lose, you know, to Calgary without having that positive experience before, because then you're like, oh, maybe then you start to doubt your, yourself or your team. So mm-hmm. I think that was great the way that worked out for us is, is being being able to see what we can accomplish, but also how far we have to go. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. And um, I think. Our our roster was just loaded with talent. Looking back on it, right. on it, um, uh, I mean, just off the top of my head, at least fifteen guys that played in the CFL on that team. Wow. I know four of my five, four of my five uh, starting receivers mm-hmm. played in the CFL. Oh. An O lineman, Dakota Shepley, he's in the NFL right now. And then you look on looking on the um, defensive side on the ball, just just uh, just great great players all around. 
right? So, mm-hmm. and then our kicker as well was something very underrated. I say is our our kicker Quinn. He was just money from field goal. Anytime we need a field goal, he was money, and his punts too were really good. So, so I think a, an underrated part of that that run was the special teams and 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 Quinn's like, okay, our coaching as well. I I mean, Coach Barado, our offensive coordinator, his venue cup game plan was mm-hmm. just unreal, and um, you, you know some you know how. Um, Sometimes you'll have like a set list of plays that you run in the first quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to start with these 10 plays. Like, sure. we were like, that was just, that was, I've never experienced something like that where it was just like boom, 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 boom down the field. And, and he's not even giving me, he's not even calling the play in mm-hmm. from the side. And he was just, all right, if you just read off the wristband. Right. And it was, it was just unreal. Wow. Um, so I think there was, yeah, we just, just everything everything aligned like like you were saying earlier you know we, we stayed healthy we stayed healthy and um we had the talent and the coaching and 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 everything just it just it just um you know it just all came came to a line and 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 culminate in a in championship it was very special yeah you almost need to get lucky sometimes there's just so much that goes into it and you're right there you know there's so many factors with your team and you know staying healthy especially is huge and that uh, early season, maybe lesson of, of, like you said, having that big win against Laval and then, you know, getting beat the next week by Calgary kind of early in the year to shock your system and kind of get you guys mentally focused. So I, I think that's that's outstanding. That that year you did have a, a tremendous team and, and UBC continues to have tremendous players. Back at it for the fourth quarter with Coach Gies and Michael O'Connor. So, Mike, this this past year and a bit has been kind of crazy. We've been dealing with COVID-19 and the pandemic. And, you know, here locally in Winnipeg, we haven't really been able to uh, do a whole lot in terms of football. We, you know, in terms of uh, my company, I'm Big Air Academy, we were able to uh, get some reps this past summer and get out in the field, which was awesome. But uh, obviously, obviously not being able to play a season was, was hard on everybody. You know, I, I'm interested in what you were able to accomplish this year, and and really kind of what did what did this past year look like for you? Yeah, it was a wild year. It was a wild ride. I mean, the pandemic hit right yeah. uh, about March. Actually, I was funny story. Actually, I was doing some quarter, quarterback training in Den, in Colorado, okay. and this was exactly when the pandemic hit. I remember they had just shut down the day before I was set to leave. They had just shut down March Madness yep. tournament, and that's kind of I remember that day. The most because that's kind of when it was like oh man okay this is this is uh this is serious mm-hmm. and i was like oh i hope i can get back home all, all good but yeah it was fine but anyways that yeah so everything kind of has been thrown for a loop i mean um fortunately i know i mean you know the government's been great in terms of supporting um people who've, who've lost work and the cfl you know was still was still providing some uh some benefit as well. So in that sense, you know, I feel very grateful that, you know, I wasn't kind of, um, you know, I wasn't hurting, hurt, like extreme hurt, if you know what I mean. Right. I was able to, uh, still, still get by and very grateful for that. But, but also just, I've, I've, uh, picked up some, some, a little, I was doing some landscaping, um, some landscaping out in BC, you know, um, 
what else was I doing? I've, I've been working on getting my yoga teacher certification. You know, I'm big, I'm passionate about yoga and, and I think the Very positive cool. change I can bring to people's lives. And that's something I want to share with the world. Right. So, mm-hmm. so this, this was a great opportunity for me to start working on that. Um, I've been working on setting up some quarterback coaching stuff. You know, I, I definitely want to give back to the next generation. So starting to put together kind of what I, what I envision uh, that process looking like, you know, start looking at that. Um, I've been doing, I've been doing some uh, motion capture for Madden. They have a, EA oh, yeah. sports has, a, they have like a, a office in, in, in Vancouver. So doing some, some, some work for them and doing some acting out in Vancouver has been great. Oh, that's uh, helping UBC was practicing a little bit. UBC football was able to do, get a couple practices in. So just yep. going there and helping coach the, uh, the QBs and, and, and that was great. Um, studying the, the playbook mm-hmm. and actually kind of, I've actually, what's been great for me this, this, uh, this year is, um, I, I always keep all my football notes. So the past five, six years, I have all my football notes. So I've actually been able to sit down and go through them during the, this, me having no season, having the free time to do that. And I've been doing great. I've been like, I've been taking a little bit from this playbook and taking a little bit from that playbook and kind of putting together what I would, what, what kind of a little, little mini playbook if I were to ever coach one day and, and kind of, yeah. you know, cause I think that's what they say about coaches, right? Is it's, is uh, they just pull from the, the different coaches they've had and that's sure. that's exactly what i what i've been doing is is taking what i think has been great from all the different systems i've played in and being able to kind of put that into one has been great and then also i've been i, I was uh, learning to play the guitar a little bit too so okay. you know like explore the little bit more of artistic side you know something that i'm I, not that i missed out on on it per se but i was so, so busy with sports my whole life right. right i never really got into that so being able to just just do that right it's been kind of cool and and uh it's just been a great experience um kind of being able to take a step back and and like i say just do do other things right you know life is more than football even though it's it's definitely something i love to do all the time you know i could play football all the time and talk football all the time right but there's more to life than that so it's been good and just keeping busy and and like as you can see like i'm you know being able to um just explore a number of different things, you know, work and, and play as well. And, and so I, I like, I've just been trying to use this time to better myself and explore different avenues and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of think about what, what the future looks like for me. So in that sense, it's been good because I've, I've, I've started to think about life after football, which right. I never really did before, but, but this year really made me think, you know, what, what does that look like for me? Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's been a great experience in, in that sense. Oh, that's really cool. I, I really love how you kind of expanded your horizons a little bit and tried some new things out and, that's you know, right. took advantage of, you know, the time you did have. I, I tried to do the same this year and I, I think I made some positive uh, steps in my own life. So I can agree with that. I think, I think you know, yeah. we were faced with a, a situation where we kind of either could sit on our butts and do nothing or we could kind of be active and, and you know, take control. So uh, I, I really can relate to that. Um, oh, okay, good. In terms of your training, Mike, you know, what did, uh, what's it, what's it been like? What have you been able to do in terms of your quarterback training? Yeah. Yeah. Fortunate for me, I spend my off season in, in BC, so I'm able to throw, uh, you know, well, obviously there's indoor facilities throughout mm-hmm. the country, right. But, right. but being able to go out to a field anytime has been great for me in terms of just continuing to throw, 
you know, throughout the whole off season. Mm-hmm. So I've been working on that, you know, always working on, on footwork and just getting more, uh, more, uh, more flowy, more free flow and less robotic, if you will. Okay. Um, so working on that, mm-hmm. always core, I'm big on the core strength. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm big on, um, hips, hip mobility, hip mobility, T-spine mobility, core mm-hmm. strength. Those are mm-hmm. things I'm big on and I'll always be working on. And uh, footwork, throwing, no, just, every, just everything really. But yeah. no, it's been, it's been good. Well, that's excellent. You know, you know, talking about, uh, you know, making progressions with yourself and whatnot, I'm, I'm interested, you know, if you were to give advice to a young high school kid that has aspirations, you know, to kind of get where you are, to, to be a CFL quarterback one day, you know, what advice would you give that young kid? A couple of things I'd probably say. First thing I'd say is, I heard this quote one day, um, Ty Green actually said this, but it always stuck with me. He said, he said, once you start to ask the questions, then the teachers will appear. And I always, I, I it kind of made me think, but but I kind of, it kind of makes a lot of sense in the sense of, um, like, I'm on social media, I'm on, I'm on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. So if you, if like, like any quarterback, like there's resources out there with the internet. Right. myself yourself anyone else like there's resources so go go and explore exhaust all options mm-hmm. so if you have a question just like if there's a young uh qb in canada listen to this now just hit me up on instagram ask me ask me anything you know right. I'm, I'm a resource here and, and there's so many resources out there that all want to help right so but but not if you don't say anything not if you don't take initiative so just if you have questions just just don't be afraid like go out and, and get answers right and I'd also say um, go to camps down south if, if, it, if possible. So kids, mostly in southern Ontario, I'd say mm-hmm. um, Ottawa, Toronto area, because, you know, once the border opens, obviously, but you're eight, ten hours away from a number of different big Division One programs, and that's a great way to just get, just to see what the, what the caliber is like down there, mm-hmm. also to get seen by those coaches, and right. just immerse yourself into that kind of uh, world. Um, what else would I say? How about how about their mental state? What what do you think is is important mentally for a QB? That's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> let me let me answer it this way. Sure. Uh, maybe we could touch a little bit, get a little bit in Texas and O's. But I would say this for any quarterback. Um, well, okay, two things. Two things I would say. The first thing I would say is, so in the American game, there's the ways that 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 coverage structure is generally broken down is. Middle field open or middle field close, also known as split safety, post safety, or two high, one high, right? right. So that's kind of like the general structure of the American game, and that's kind of where you where you enter the conversation of coverages. You know, you always start with that. Mm-hmm. And I would say, what is that? What would that be for the Canadian game? I would say, okay, so first off, the Canadian game, I'd say mostly is middle field close, right? Because right. there's twelve players, and obviously whatnot. You know, that's just how it is. There's one safety, two outbacks, two corners. So that's yeah. not really the way I would I would break it down. But I would break it down more in terms of the halfback. Is it a high half or is it a low half? You know, and yeah. obviously they can be do, doing different things. But, mm-hmm. but that's kind of how I like to start off when I'm getting out, when I'm stepping, when I'm breaking the huddle and I'm getting out onto the field, I always want to see the halfback because this is very important too. Corners can, corners can lie, but halfbacks can't. So a corner can be standing at 12 yards and on the snap, you know, he can be playing the flat or he can, 
he can be bailing, um, right. you know. Um, but halfback, if halfback's in the deep third, he's going to be in the deep third at mm-hmm. the snap. Right? They, they can't really, you know, they can't really disguise it as well. So don't get your reads off the corners. Get your read off the halfbacks is what I would say. And yeah, I would say so. The way I like to break a play, like a break a defense down, is it is it a high half zone? Is it a low half zone? Or is it a man coverage? You know, okay. so and that's kind of where I go from there. Um, and then so that's the first kind of answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing I would say is, what type of what what type of uh, play are you running in in the sense of a quarterback read? So that's something I've definitely grown with and 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 just kind of expanded throughout my career to a pretty high level I'd say now in terms of what the quarterback read is just to give you a couple examples but sure. you know you have your your pure progression then you have your your half field read so you have your man zone read mm-hmm. you could have mic directional so if the mic opens this way I'm going over here if the mic opens that way I'm going over here right. you could have Sam I call it a Sam read so basically if Sam if Sam's if Sam is um, playing outside of three then you cut the field in half, and then you work number three back to the boundary. But if Sam is playing with three, then that's taking you out to the field, right? Mm-hmm. You also have your uh, rotational reads. I call it afro. So so there's a lot of concepts that you might want to throw into the boundary unless they rotate the safety onto the boundary hash, and mm-hmm. in which case it's then you're going to work the field, right? Some reads of pure progression, you're just going to read boom, boom. I'm like, that's when I call like a robot. Like, I don't care what the defense is doing. Obviously, right. I still want to know. But I don't care what the defense is doing. I'm going one to here, two to here, three to here, four to here. Right. Check it out. Um, and then there's alerts, right? There's peer progression with alerts. So mm-hmm. let's just say 10-yard out, boundary, and a go route by the receiver, right? I'm, I'm working my out back across to my digs. But if I get pressed man, then I know I can take a shot on the go route. So that would be what I call peer progression with alert. So... Um, yeah, with that being said, that's kind of a long answer, but what type of uh, what type of play is it? What's the read? Ask your coach. Ask your coach these questions. Be like, coach, am I just going here no matter what? Mm-hmm. Or am I going here and man and here in zone? Or am I going only here if it's rotation week? Or am I reading the Sam here or a Mike directional or, or uh, whatnot, right? So I think that's all important for young quarterbacks to know. Something I wish I would have known earlier, but, mm-hmm. but now, I mean, that's something I would love to share with all the quarterbacks and coaches too. I mean, it's let's, let's try and I don't know. What am I trying to say? Let's try to simple. I don't want it because that can be a lot for the quarterback, right? Yeah. But obviously I've been exposed to it for a while. So I kind of get a more of a hang of it, but, but let's introduce, let's introduce that concept to, to, to quarterbacks at a young age. So they're familiar with the language. What do mm-hmm. I mean by that? It's maybe, in your system, all you have are pure progressions and man zone reads, and your man zone reads are only out of 23, which is easy to see because the Sam travels over, they rotate free safety down Sam high, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe you keep it very simple. But let's start introducing that for the for the next generation, right? So they get familiar with that, and and so you're because that's what I always hate to see is a quarterback that takes his nap and is just like whatever, yeah. right? But with all that being said, too. Mm-hmm. Once the play breaks down, let's just play football, right? right? So there's it's there's two, there's um, two sides to that, but yeah, that's what I would tell young quarterbacks: is mm-hmm. what type of re- what type of read is it? I'm not just going out here and and there's it's not just lines on a page, right? There's a method to the madness, but but ask your coach what what am I doing because not everything's pure progression, not everything is just you know it's it's you just gotta kind of fill that out. That makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. I, I think so. Just to kind of you know condense what you said, I think you said basically like 
that these young quarterbacks, number one, need to learn defensive structures, right? And need to understand kind of the basics of coverages and whatnot. Exactly. And, and, then, exactly. The, and then the second point goes going into the quarterback specific read to actually know what the read is, understand what the process of the play, you know, I, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time with my quarterbacks do, you know, going over these same things. And I, I agree with you that sometimes these things get neglected, right. And we just kind of get on the field and expect a guy to, to figure it out. And, and you're right. We need to spend the quality time to, uh, to really make guys understand and introduce that language so that we can, you know, start to get better. Our last question of the day is always, uh, who is sure. your, who is your favorite quarterback of all time and why? I can I can't speak. I'm a big Dolphins fan, so right. you know you might think Dan Marino, but I was <laughs> as soon as I can remember watching Dolphins games. You know he was retired by then, right. right? So I can't really say a Dolphins quarterback because it was quite the um, carousel there for the early 2000s. But anyways, right. I would have to say Andrew Luck. I know it's, okay. it's very sad that he retired, right? Yeah. I was very sad to see that, but he I think he was the you know Bruce Arians. Actually, I'll always remember this. Bruce Arians was asked. You know, if you could, if you could kind of build the 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 prototypical quarterback in terms of physical, mental traits, you know, what would that look like? Or sure. oh, it's Andrew Luck. I've already worked with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, but I think he just he had the month. He had the he had the IQ, the football IQ. He had the he had the physical toughness. He had the size. He had the arm strength. He had the like I was saying earlier. Um, he had the he had the smarts. But once the play breaks down. You mm-hmm. can make something happen off script, yeah. too. He's a very good and he was a great guy, too, right? I think the criticism of him from a lot of people is that he wasn't, he didn't demand more out of his teammates. You know, he's just such a nice guy, and you can't fault the guy for that, right? right. But uh, just ultimate, just ultimate quarterback, I think. And and um, it, it was sad to see what happened and, and him retiring and injuries and whatnot taking their toll. But, yeah. but, I, but I would say Andrew Luck. Well, I like that selection, Mike. I think I think you're right. He uh, he had something special. I I thought he was very close to a Peyton Manning, you know, kind of feel. Just the the general he was, the guy he was. Uh, it it is unfortunate his career got cut short. This concludes the end of our show. Uh, I really want to thank you for being on. You know, you were our first pro quarterback, and and the whole kind of idea with this podcast was you know be centered around the Canadian quarterback, and obviously you being a pro quarterback. It's excellent to have you on, and I hope uh, in the future we can talk again. So thank you, and I hope you have a great evening. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. If you ever want to do that again, let me know. But, but uh, no, that's great. Have a good one. All right, you too, man. Take care.